Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. I'm Lisa Berry here with Dr. Frank Anderson, getting ready to explore awareness and see what we can find out and discover and feel this week. Find peace and joy in the most unlikely places, just like the guy on the recording said. Yes, yes, yes. And we should we haven't officially added this, but it's a big fun journey, right? That's our that's our tagline. A big fun journey to find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Hey, mm. that's a great idea for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is number 61. So apparently there's been a lot to talk about. And what did you want to touch on today? 61 episodes. This is number 61. Yeah. We have talked about awareness for 60 episodes. And we've been doing it so that people can use some mindfulness techniques to discover their inner sense of peace and calm and equanimity and joy. And when we talk about using mindfulness techniques, mindfulness of the breath, mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of thoughts, mindfulness of emotions, we use that to kind of return to a sense of inner peace, right? And we talk about how that, that kind of happens organically from the bottom up. It made me think about this whole idea of self-improvement. What can we do to improve ourselves? So what is your experience, Lisa, with like self-improvement projects? I like to think that I'm always trying to be better. One of my sayings is I don't compete with other people. I don't compete with other women because I'm just trying to be better than I was the day before. So I think that can boil down to your physical health, like eating healthier or exercising or to your mental health, which could be meditating or reading or listening to the Exploring Awareness podcast. And (laughs) I think there's a lot of ways that you can improve yourself. What do you think? Well, yeah, well, I think there's a couple of ways to look at it, right? Self-improvement in and of itself, I don't have a particular problem with. But what I want everyone to consider, what if you were already okay as you are? Hmm. I love that. Already okay as you are. You're okay as you are. That's right. Now, I'm not sure everyone believes that. Right. But that's why I said would it be possible to consider that? Because if you stop to consider the fact that you might be okay, then self-improvement, it doesn't take on the same connotation. Mm. So there's a whole self-help industry, right? Right. A Uh, huge and growing one. And part of it is taking care of yourself. But what do you think the industry, what are the self-help programs, what are they trying to do ultimately? Please don't say make money. Well, (laughs) (laughs) well, they they will make money. Right. Um, But they're also, they're trying to help us solve some kind of a problem that we're not good enough. Right. Mm. Isn't that kind of the the, the underlying assumption is that we're not good enough. 
and we have to improve. Right. I think a lot of people feel that way. And so that's why I think that there's a myth of self-improvement. I think that's such a beautiful thought. And I don't think it's easy to be in that place. I don't, and I'm trying to give it a moment to figure out where do we get the sense that we're not okay? Where does that come from? Hmm. Right. That's one of the questions you ask for that respond with your same question. Where do we get that from? So this is when we start talking about exploring awareness again, right? So like, where do these ideas come from and how are they reinforced? And when we're in kind of a paradigm where we're constantly seeking self-improvement without having a look at it, it can get caught up in the, all these self-improvement things. We see, let's say, an ideal um, body type. And so we think, well, if we have an ideal body type, we'd be happy. Or you see people who are really successful. I mean, like, wow, if I was really successful, I could be happy. Or you see people who are really calm and well put together. And it's like, wow, if I could just be calm and well put together. And you read your books and you go to your classes and you go to your therapy and you do your workshops, you do all of these things. And sometimes it just doesn't seem to be working. You know, I just watched this really cool movie on Netflix called The Last Shaman. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. I want to see it, though. It's about a young man who goes to college and he hopes he's going to learn some wisdom, some, some of the important things about life. And he goes to college and he learns a lot of things, but he didn't get what he was looking for. And he was suffering some depression and unease and, and, and suffering. And he did so many things to try to solve that problem. And he ended up going to Peru and meeting with shamans and undergoing these ceremonies. But on his way there, he just so clearly said, I've tried this and I've tried this and I've tried this and I've tried this and nothing works. And he breaks down in tears. He's like, has tried so, so many things. He just does not know what to do. Now, in this case, the, he does some ceremonies and he gets involved in some plant medicine and things like that, which I'm not recommending to people. But at the end of it all, he said, I found my core is peaceful and loving. And these are things we've been talking about on the podcast as well, the search for something and you can't find it. And then you come to a realization that at your core is peace and love. And it was there all along. I think we're back to our Wizard of Oz analogy again. Dorothy, there's no place like home, right? Haven't we talked about that? No, explain. <laughs> well, you've seen the Wizard of Oz, the movie, right? Of course. And so Dorothy goes out and she meets all these people and she's searching and searching and then finally realizes there's no place like home, home in your core, home where your peace is and home where your love is and home where if you uncover all these things that you've put on top of it, that's where you'll find what you're looking for. Don't oh. make me sing somewhere over the rainbow because I can watch <laughs> my go-to song could come out any minute. 
in the shower. Um, yeah, not anywhere right now here. Any, oh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm so glad you explained it to me. I, I, because I always felt like back home on the ranch that that lady was going to come back and get Toto. And I'm like, why do you want oh. to go back home? If they're waiting for you and waiting oh. for Toto. But the home, like that home, returning yeah. home, like to your core. Right. Yeah, that's a great message. That's a great message. And that's one of our messages here when we talk about finding peace and love in the most unlikely places. This is what we're talking about. Discovering a core of I love that word, equanimity. Right, me too. Sense of uh, calm presence and calm amid the storm. But this is also infused with a loving presence, you know, with the joy of being and uh, sense of generosity, the lack of defendedness, the lack of uh, competition. It's just being yourself and, and, and contributing. This is a, a, a way of being in the world that that it is much more natural and you can accomplish so many more things from that perspective than you can through defensiveness and and conniving mm, and mm, trying mm. to follow through with what someone else thinks you ought to do okay uh, we have to stop for a second because i am still reverberating from the start of this conversation, we started talking about self-improvement because it is a huge industry and a lot of people are, they read books and they go to people and they try to make themselves better, which I think is is definitely a good thing. You, I think you want to be better and not worse. But when you said those words, and maybe you already are, that was like a Man, that hit me. That um, I've never heard anyone suggested, and and maybe you already are. Maybe it's already there. And why are we trying so hard? What are we trying to do? Where are we trying to get? When will it be enough? I think is another question. Yeah, exactly. I think that there is a struggle, mm. and it's a normal part of life. So. In no way do I want to cast any negative right yeah. on people wanting to improve themselves because that's, that's not what I'm, I'm trying to say. Right. There right. is a there is kind of a drive and a, and a forcing current that pushes people in a certain direction, and you might miss <laughs> miss the, the the opportunity to return home to the core because you're caught up in a lot of those things. Now. There's not a lot of quotes from my spiritual teachers about self-improvement. And I think that people will go down a self-improvement path and either get bored with it or see that it doesn't work and then go for another one. And like this kid in the movie, you try, you try everything and nothing works. It's like it can actually make things worse, right? It's like these constant failures. And we were talking before during our warm up on Jack Cornfield's book called A Path with Heart. And in it, there's a chapter called The Dark Night of the Soul. Mm. And this is about the times when you just have tried everything possible and nothing seems to work. And there's a quote in there. I can't tell you the originator of this quote, but 
The quote is, it's only through multiple destructions that you find what is indestructible within you. Mm. You try this and you try this and you try this and you try this and it doesn't work and it doesn't work. But what is still there? What is unconditioned by all of these things? Do you get a feel for what that is? I can tell you it's not a simple process to keep being deconstructed or dealing with all of that. And, and, but I like the concept that as much as many times it's like a boxing match, you get knocked down you get knocked down and, and it's the person who gets up again, that part of you is indestructible. You've been knocked down and you've gone through the pain and you've done the process and you've kind of broken apart and yet you're still here. So what part of you is still here and what part of you is getting back up again and still moving forward? Then you found your strength. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That is, that's what I'm mm. saying. That's what mm. I love that. Then you found your strength. But I'm telling you, it's not a simple, peaceful process. Or can it be? My experience is it's been a lot of hard work. Let's put it that way been a lot of hard work, but hopefully worth it. I still, I'm kind of getting back up again. I'm hoping it's, it's worth it, but I love the promise or the possibility that what or who does get back up again has found their strength and has found their core. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? No one's going to tell you how long or what you need to do. You continue to be on a path, on a journey with things that happen along the path and you keep keep going great things happen and i know you've had some marvelous experiences yeah right as have i and then you have some tragic realizations or, or, or difficult things happen and you keep going and that part of you that keeps going what is that part of you and when we're talking about exploring awareness we use that word awareness and our identity as awareness to be able to be the constant that is always there no matter what the conditions are. So whether you're going uphill or downhill, there's still the part of you that's aware or aware of awareness. That part of you that was there when you were a baby, before you were a baby, and, and after you die, what is that? What is that in all of us? And can we stop and use yoga or your nature walks? Or in this case, we're using mindfulness techniques to connect to that, right? To learn, to get some glimpses of that. Hmm. And that we take that into the day with us. We take that into our lives. And so that becomes the the foundation for these things so that the different conditions that may throw us off become just that. They have much less importance. <laughs> Once you have these realizations, the need for self-improvement also disappears mm. because now you've returned home and you know that you're fine. And this self-improvement no longer becomes a, a, a goal. 
but you may want to take care of yourself. Sure. Eat well, exercise. I found a, several really great quotes from this book, A Path with Heart, that you mentioned by Jack Cornfield. And one of them is, there are many ways up the mountain, and each of us must choose a practice that feels true to our heart. We need energy, commitment, and courage not to run from our life, nor to cover it over with any philosophy, material or spiritual. But then it gets down to something that I don't know if we've ever really talked about fear. But Jack Cornfield writes, we are rarely lazy. We are simply afraid. Ooh. I know. I just thought, oh, that's, you want to talk about truth? You want to talk about truth seeking? You want to talk? We are rarely lazy. We are simply afraid. Afraid of what? Of failure, of not being good enough. So that's why we're on this quest for self-improvement, because we're not good enough to which I ask, whose standards are we trying to meet anyway? And then that gets back to self-love, like, why are we so hard on ourselves? If we could just get to our core and be okay, then you might find that peace and joy and love and stop trying so hard. Oh, my gosh. This is is an amazing conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I think Uh, there's also a fear of something else. What? Well, there frequently is an attachment or an identity around our seeking Mm. and letting go of that or or having that identity challenged can really create a lot of fear. And I want to acknowledge that for people. And as we discuss this, remember to place fear also in awareness, right? So we say, Well, if you're on this path and you see things about yourself that aren't helpful, but they are who you think you are, let's say parts of your personality, you don't want to lose them or you're afraid if you lose them, you lose your your sense of self. You might lose something and the ego grabs onto that. It's fearful. No, you can't drop that habit. You can't drop that belief. If I don't do these self-improvement projects, something terrible is going to happen. Mm. There's a a fear. Let's use the word surrender. it It can create a lot of fear. So, But at some point, there's just nothing else you can do. You can try. You can try. Mm. I remember at a retreat with Adyashante, he called it uh, being checkmated. You go this way. That doesn't work. You go this way. That doesn't work. You go this way. That doesn't work. There's just no way to win with your thoughts and minds and self-improvement projects. And so at some point, it's like surrendering to all of that. And then again, that's, that's, a, that's a, one of those destructions. And only through that do you find what is indestructible within you. Hmm. And it can be like a phoenix rising out of the ashes or a beautiful lotus blossom coming out of the mud. These are the metaphors that are used for this uh, transformation of, of this 
surrendering of the ego into something completely different, kind of like a caterpillar mm-hmm. goes into a cocoon, basically is transformed into a butterfly. But the caterpillar doesn't know that before it goes in the cocoon, and it might be kind of scared about what's coming up. And then it's freed as a butterfly. One of my favorite ways I've heard it put is when the flower blooms, the bees come uninvited. So that's how, how I look at it. You give up and then it happens and the flower blooms and the yeah. bees come uninvited. Life just happens and good things happen. Well, I'm looking at my EpiPen because I'm like super allergic to bees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, he doesn't like that. I thought I loved that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, well. Um, okay. The bees are not really coming, Frank. I just like, <laughs> the butterfly. How about the butterfly? Your flower bloomed a long time ago. So <laughs> you're good. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. No. And you, and you said something too, I wanted to go back to, because I, something I'm, I'm exploring myself right now to, to your defensive, your defenses and to be defensive and have an undefended heart. And, mm-hmm. and, and what does that look like? What does being defensive mean? Because you, you threw out there through this process that it's a different way to live other than being defensive. And I don't, I don't, no, if I really understand what does that mean to be defensive, to use your nature to be defensive? What does that mean? I'm not even sure. I think that when I say the word defensive, I mean being protective, hmm. let's say, of your self-improvement projects or hmm. being protective of the status quo or being protective of a, a smallness, protective or not, not wanting to uh, explore. So that's what I mean. That, that it's really the defending. Aha, uh-huh. that's the word I was going to say. So if you, because one thing that I try to embrace is having an undefended heart, like just open your heart and be undefended. So I think you're saying this whole process would will help that. That's right. That's right. So you might want to say, I mean, you could look say this in two different ways. It's like, oh, try this meditation as a self-improvement project so you'll have an open heart right <laughs> and that's not what we're saying Aww, it, it could be no well that makes it sound like a cause and effect and right. self-improvement yes. project yes and that's what that that's a myth you can't you can't do it like that what you can do is you can sincerely go deep within mm through what we're talking about or other ways where we talk about meditation, exploring awareness, and to discover that you already are open-hearted, right? And so it's, a, it's, a, it's the top-down, bottom-up thing that we've talked about. It's realization instead of forcing. It's realization instead of expectation. It, it happens organically and naturally from, from taking a step back instead of pushing forward. Does, does that resonate? So my job is to ask the questions that I think a lot of the listeners are thinking. And I'm just, I'm seeing someone going, well, I'm not open-hearted. My parents told me I was this, or I, society tells me I'm that. And now you're telling me I can be okay, that it's, it's, 
already there. It's like, that is not a message I've gotten my whole entire life. So is that what you're saying? We're saying it's for everyone. Yes, you can. And you don't have to pay anything. You have to buy anything. You don't have to believe anything. You don't have to sign anything. You just have to get to your core and realize that it's already there in everyone. Well, do you, well, of course, in everyone. Hmm. Yeah, no question about that. The question is, are you willing to work on getting some insight into where your thoughts and predisposed ideas and habitual thinking come from? Can you use that insight to connect to your sense of deep awareness and awareness of awareness and transform all of these habitual thoughts into something that connects you to your core. And after that, you are going to be moving around informed by things like wisdom and peace and joy and love and generosity, as opposed to being informed by your preconceived ideas of defensiveness and ego attachment and competition. Can I just tell you, this seems like such a gift, a gift of possibilities that you're saying doesn't matter who you are or how you were raised or how much money you have. There's this possibility that you can be okay if you just return to your core and remove all that conditioning or explore the conditioning that covers yeah. it up. The conditioning doesn't go away. And so that's important to know, right? Mm -hmm. So I realized that that um, that people have gone through tremendous suffering mm -hmm. from things like their history um, in their own families, from the color of their skin, from the mm -hmm. people that they love. I mean, there's there are important conditions that don't go away that have caused people tremendous trauma and stress. So I don't want to ever minimize that. Right. Yet, on the other hand, for your people personally to transform that and, and be able to respond as opposed to react is that the quality of life is very different than it would be if we haven't brought some of our own personal awareness and, and realization into who we really are. Otherwise, it can be a life of defense and offense and reaction, hmm. right? So no matter what the conditions are, there's an opportunity to return to your core. But I would say that these sometimes these conditions don't go away. I mean, if your skin color puts you in a situation where you're not treated well, you can't just right. take that away, right? Right, right. If who you love or how you want to express yourself um, gender-wise, people have a hard time with that. And those conditions aren't going to change. It's just that how, how you're responding is important, and that may change how people respond to you as well. Mm, that's huge to mm -hmm. think about that. Yeah, yeah. And it may just be this is something to try, and I'm not even saying it's going to work, but it's it's a very personal journey for people. And if the other way isn't working, well, maybe this way will work. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the gift of possibility. Yes, exactly. 
it's a gift of possibility and it does require some patience and mm. some self-compassion and a little bit of faith. And I say faith, not that you need to believe something, but some faith that you can connect to that deeper sense of self that you probably have had glimpses into before. It's not taught in the culture. It is mm. taught in some Asian religions. It's not typically taught in Western religions, although if you talk to like the deeply spiritual people in religions, whether they're Christians, Jewish, Islamic, Buddhist, whatever, they're all talking about the very same thing. So if you take a Christian kind of mystic meditator and a Jewish meditator and a, a Sufi mystic and a Cherokee and a Navajo, they're all they're they're all going to be doing the same exact thing, and they're going to each be expressing themselves through their own conditions, but they're connected to each other because they're aware of their course. And there's really no difference between them. And you can be too. And you can be too. You can be too. But it's not this cause and effect. It's not the typical way we look at things. It's not like, oh, do this and get why. No. Right. Right. Maybe some thick layers hmm. covering up that that authenticity, but that's where the practice comes in. And maybe now is the time to um, to try that. Unless you had some more questions that the typical audience member might have. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I've asked enough and felt enough. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm good to meditate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, the typical audience member now drops oh off. So our typical audience members, please keep your players on. And we were moving into the meditation part. And you can already tell, like, the energy from my voice and the way we're talking. It's like the words become less important and checking into the deeper senses is, is what this is about. And learning to be comfortable with that. And we learn to be comfortable with that by doing these meditation practices. We can do these meditation practices in kind of a in generally calm area in place. Then when you're out in the world, it may come more naturally. Not to say that you being in a quiet room meditating doesn't mean that your mind or brain isn't going a thousand miles an hour. And so even if you're in a quiet room, you might feel very chaotic and that's great that you know it, right? That you are aware that your mind is racing. Okay. That means you're starting to open to awareness. And so sit down in your chair or on the floor, or on your cushion, wherever, in your car seat after you've pulled over and give yourself a gift. Give yourself an opportunity, a possibility to try something different. And, and if your thoughts are saying, no, don't do that. We're too busy. We got too much to do. 
is there a part of you that's aware that your brain is saying that because, you know, it doesn't really want you to find out that there's more to you than just your brain. And so if, you, if you're still listening, let's go to the breath. still listening it means that you've got some idea that this practice we're doing means more than just anything we can say and so we activate or connect to awareness by first being aware of something that was completely unconscious a few minutes ago is the breath. When I was talking, I was breathing and I did not know that I was breathing. So now the shift is, I know that I am breathing. And you know that you are breathing. Being mindful of breathing or mindful awareness of breathing. And for many people, this introduction to awareness is very relaxing. Because awareness is, is just a still and quiet place. It's like an open field of awareness. Right, and in that field, the breath comes and goes. And then in that field also, the thoughts come and go. But sometimes thoughts race and there's so many thoughts and your brain is so used to just thought after thought after thought and judgment and question and assessment, evaluation, regret, future planning. Okay. So right now we're just be aware that the brain is doing that. Note that your brain is doing that and then go back to the breath. 
and you can explore the breath, explore the air as it travels into your body. Explore the air as it goes out of your body. And you can feel your body too. Your body is there and you can be aware of your body, your feet, which are usually completely unconscious. So to wiggle your toes, and wiggle your foot, the bones in your foot and your ankles, and just, just be aware that you have these feet that have been carrying you around all day. And, um, you know, your legs, all the bones and muscles in your legs. You're like two stilts you have that move, move you around. And um, just, we're taking a moment to just be aware of it because they're here in the present moment. And there may be aches and pains somewhere along your body and just take note of that. And then you feel your torso, your chest and your back, your shoulders your arms and hands and neck and head, face. Get distracted back to your breath. And then we'll think for a moment about what it is that uh, is not good enough for you. What do you want to fix? And um, consider, you know, is, this, is this a real problem? And it certainly might be something that is just a problem in the present moment. And, um, and just to be aware of it. But there may be other of ideas, you have to improve in some way, that there's some way that you're not good enough. What is that based on? Where does that come from? 
And can you, can you bring that to awareness? Can you kind of recognize and accept that these energies are working in you and investigate where they're coming from, how they're driving you. How are they working? Are they working? They're working great not why not so in bringing all of this to awareness you can see how the mind and the emotions are striving and striving and so just by virtue of them being in awareness and watching that happen just like you watch the breath right and then what happens to that whole situation when you bring it to awareness and you come back to the present moment and you just rest as awareness. And so whatever comes up, up in the field of awareness and then dissolve away. And then you, the part of you that's indestructible, the part of you that's present to whatever happens is, is now, you know, realized that peaceful, loving, accepting, generous place. Just hang out there, get to know it. Get familiar with it. It's easily covered up by the habits and histories and reactions, yeah, but it doesn't go anywhere. So once you bring all that to awareness, then again you return to that core. And you may have to just repeat over and over and over. And if it gets too much, you just go to the breath, go to the body, this ground there. If it gets too much, you can stop doing this completely. Stand up, walk around.
you get lost in thought. It's like, once you are aware that you're lost in thought, you're back in awareness. And so you be compassionate with yourself. This is what minds do. You know, you're judging yourself for getting lost in thought. Be aware that you're judging yourself. Bring everything to awareness. Rest as awareness. Rest as awareness of awareness. Maybe you could put a smile on your face. Note the sense of joy that comes. from finding this core. Consider how you might move around to the world, you know, to help other people to share this perspective that people Get a sense of this from you, not only about you finding peace and joy, but the people around you experiencing some peace and joy with you. then maybe all the self-improvement projects don't have the same urgency as you've already found your pure, innocent goodness. And so we'll stop now, uh, taking a few deep breaths. And then opening your eyes. And then opening the calorie counter on your phone. <laughs> Just kidding. Why would we do that? I'm kidding, kidding. <laughs> Well, you know what? I all that brought up a, a, 
a pretty big question in me, not from the people, but from me, Lisa. And I don't, I know we're pretty much done with the conversation, but I'm compelled to ask you this. You have mentioned that we're all divine beings in the universe, which I agree with. I also believe that we have a divine sense inside of all of ourselves. And um, can that be the same as your core? Or is that too big of a question to be asking at the end of the podcast? I think that's a, that's a question that is uh, everyone's opportunity to experience for themselves. Hmm. Well, I think I just experienced it. So I guess we can talk about that some other time. But well, again, that. And let's note the difference between that and a belief. Right. So when you experience these things and know them to be true then beliefs you don't have to create a thought or a belief you already have a knowing i'm big in knowing so yeah i hear you and i heard all the amazing things you said and i'm very grateful for that and your peaceful meditation i have to say that the people that have helped me and taught me all of these things are also i have a lot of gratitude for them Mm. Um, people who do this work make huge sacrifices. And so, you know, I just want to acknowledge those people that have made the sacrifices to teach me and others so that we can keep spreading the word. And if you have a word you'd like to share with us, you can email us at exploringawareness at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We always love the feedback and to hear what we're saying might be resonating with you. Or if you have any questions or concerns, we are here. We can reach out in those uh, areas as well. In the meantime, I would encourage everyone to spend 5, 10, 20 30, 40 minutes a day doing these practices, exploring awareness and getting to know that part of you that's uh, deep and pure and true. Thank you so much for listening to our Exploring Awareness podcast. Have a great week, everyone. See you soon. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.